Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Rondo. Holds and looks 65 feet away near sideline and play to Horton Tucker over the timeline to Bazemore. One bounce, lets it fly. The jumper is good. They're going to wave it off. Bottom line, Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. 121 to 103. Welcome back, Hour 2 on the Score. I'm Rick Camp here with you till 9 o'clock. I'm broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Yeah, the Bulls had the really nice win uh, against the L.A. Lakers. A satisfying win for a lot of people because there's, uh, you know, people out there, maybe some that host overnight, that really like seeing the Lakers lose. Dare I say, he likes to hear them go down. That's always something that uh, that is appreciated overnights on the score. But we got a lot to talk about with the Bulls in terms of where they're at right now, 10-4, and four, right towards the top of the Eastern Conference, or most of the way through this really tough stretch on their schedule. 6-4 and four so far, this 13-game stretch, these last five, or five of the last six on the road, because then they have the game against the Knicks, whatever. But looking at this stretch, down, 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 <laughs> Lakers going down. Sorry, I couldn't find it on Grover's page here. There no, that's that's okay. I I know it was like, and the thing is too, the when, when I get to this side of the glass, it's like I wish I would have thought of it ahead of time so I could have like given you any sort of warning instead of being like, oh hey, I'm going to reference this and I hope you can find it in three seconds. I know that is a hundred percent unfair to do to a producer. Uh, it's not, it's, I I knew what page it was on. I just t- couldn't find it. I was having trouble reading. Well, you know, that you know, whole reading, problem. Reading reading is uh, reading is a little difficult from time to time. So I understand. But uh, when we're looking at the Bulls, man, like this is a fun. T- it's not just that they're good. You can be a good team and not be very fun to watch or, or be very watchable at all. This Bulls team is good and fun to watch. And part of it is due to just what they're able to do defensively in terms of just moving. Like, I think one of the issues that they've had offensively at times is they can get kind of stagnant and not necessarily move around enough to where we all figured coming into the season, like, here, here was the overarching thought process from a lot of people here, and especially, like, everybody knows I, I consume a, t- a bunch of, well, I consume a lot of things, just like, you know, food, is, is, is a vast majority of that, but also like basketball media. And a lot of your basketball Illuminati out there were essentially thinking the most likely scenario for the Bulls is they end up with a back half of the top 10 offense and a defense that is in that like 15 to 20 range. And that probably puts them at the better part of the play-in, maybe sneaking into that six seed. And honestly, that's about where I was as well, because I had a lot of questions about the Bull, about the Bulls' defense especially, thinking, you know, they have enough offensive talent, well, they'll they'll probably figure it out. But 
tons of questions about the defense. And to their credit, and to Billy Donovan's credit, the defense has 100% been the better side of the ball for them. So just a couple basics for the Bulls. Now, all these numbers are from a site called Cleaning the Glass that I referenced before. Filters out garbage time, filters out some heave. So it takes some of the noise out of these numbers that you might get if you counted you know, an entire quarter of garbage time or like the last seven minutes of that game last night. That stuff's kind of filtered out here. The Bulls have the fourth best net rating. So offensive rating, defensive rating, what's the, you know, what's their difference there? The eighth best offense, 110.6 points per 100 possessions. They do per 100 possessions because some teams play fast, some teams play slow. So it's basically a per possession number. And then their defensive rating is fifth, fifth at 103.7. You could not have told me a story before the season started where I would have been like, you know what? Bulls are going to have the fifth best defense, especially when Nikola Vucevic is out for these last couple games. And I don't think Vuce is a great defender by any stretch of the imagination. Like he's a fine positional defender. He is where he should be more often than not, but once he gets there, there's not a whole lot else he can do. He can get in your way by being in the right spot, but he's not going to... There's a lot of times where teams have used verticality against him. He's not going to jump that high. He's not going to move that well laterally, but he'll be in his spot. If you can get around him or go over him, whether it's via a floater or via a lob, more power to you. You'll probably get a bucket then against the Bulls, but... That hasn't been the case that often because of how the rest of the defense is played. And if you were listening earlier to the station earlier in the day at 520, John Hollinger from The Athletic was on, and he just mentioned how it's all the pieces matter for this for this team. If you're a fan of The Wire, there was the Jonathan Abrams book. Jonathan Abrams, actually an NBA writer, uh, wrote the book about the oral history of The Wire and... It's called All the Pieces Matter. That's what this Bulls defense is. So the thing is with that, too, is, you know, there's a lot of overlapping skill sets. One person makes up for another. And I think that's something that is is really interesting that would have been really hard to predict. But So uh, the thing is, when you look at this, though, you, like me looking at this team, it's, well, I don't know about this individual or this individual or exactly how they're going to play. So I do think that's that's where maybe some of the questions came about this team because of not being able to see that full vision. And it's a credit to the front office at this point, at least looking at it for this year. We'll get to down the, you know, down the line here throughout this show about maybe the future, maybe the playoffs and what that ends up meaning and where, you know, you can maybe poke some holes in what the Bulls can be moving forward. But in terms of appreciating what they're doing right now, just knowing that they're able to have that good of a defense, considering some of the personnel that's not just playing, but playing big time minutes is huge because while there's some that'll, that will cape for Zach Levine being a good defender, I wouldn't say he's like a good defender. He's, Pretty solid on the ball, and he's got his issues off the ball. Mentioned the issues with Vooch, but that some will say he's better than people think because he's a good positional defender. DeMar DeRozan is just straight up not a good defender. He, he He's just not. He has lapses off the ball. There were times yesterday where he was just getting blown by 
uh, by some by some of the Lakers, and and that happens. However, because of what everybody everybody else is able to do, the impact of that has been minimized. So a lot of credit to the Bulls' vision in terms of what they've been able to do. 312-644-6767. What have you appreciated about the Bulls? I, I'm kind of, you know, going against my normal thing of kind of being the cynic, at least for now. There'll be a little bit of that later. I'm not going to lie. But what have you been appreciated about watching the Bulls this year as a viewer, as someone, it's just someone that loves watching basketball. I know we have some of those texts from earlier in the show that I wasn't able to get to. And 269 texter said they appreciate the desire. And I think that that's kind of just equates to effort. And that two people among really above everybody else that really makes me think of is Lonzo Ball and is Alex Caruso, partially because they're the ones more likely than not to be against your person that is on ball. And I think that does matter because you see them more often than not having to use that aggressiveness and their ability on the ball or in terms of diving for the ball. And especially in terms of Lonzo, in terms of terms of Alonzo, it's being able to quickly transition the defense into offense and be dynamic in transition. And that's one other thing that what I think it's one of the reasons that I love basketball so much is because of how much the offense and defense feed each other. And that's one thing that the Bulls have really done well. While they've been kind of figuring out some of their issues in the half court, and they've gotten a little bit better. Some of it's just been better shooting in, in certain areas. Like the Bulls were really struggling in the, on those long mid-range shots for a good portion of the, you know, like the first 10 games or so. But these last few games, the Bulls have started to at least turn it around a little bit. As I pull up the, the shooting numbers here, when it comes to long mid-rangers, so essentially if you think think in terms of free throw line and out, essentially is what we're looking at here, the Bulls are up to 22nd in the league on those shooting 39%. And I'll reference that when we get to some of the things that may be a little bit of an issue for the Bulls, but I mean, they were down like bottom five. Bottom five, bottom six in terms of shooting from the long mid-range early in these first few games. 312-644-6767. Let's go out to Artie and Elgin. Artie, you're on the score. Hey, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Hey, so you, you asked the question, you know, what is it that really kind of makes you into it this year? Um, well, besides them playing, I mean, the Bulls are great this year, and that's awesome. But we are missing one aspect when you are watching the game, which I, I, it, it's, it's a part of it that really excites you, and that's Stacy and Adam. And I believe that they need to get a little respect here because if you listen to that Golden State game, it, without them being there, it, it was just horrible. You can't watch it. So I, I'm loving watching them right now, and it is because they're so good that gives Stacey and Adam what just their love and it comes out of them. And, and, and that is a little bit of what's making me love them this year. So I just want to give a little shout out to those two. And I think Chicago needs to give them a little love because Stacey King is the man. I appreciate the call. Already. <laughs> I, I will, I will ask who's hating on Adam and Stacey or not giving them their, their credit. I will also say though, and of course I'm biased because I work with them, uh, you know, when I do post game, 
But uh, Chuck and Bill do a really damn good job on the radio. So one, remember how I mentioned before? Li- you know, Listen to me while you have the game on the TV. You could also do that where you pull up the radio call. You can do that on your – it's not just on your radio. Remember, this is a unique thing for us here at The Score that we have the rights to be able to stream the Bulls broadcast on the Odyssey app. So you can do that. Sync up the TV with Chuck and Bill. No, hit pause on the radio, sync it up with the TV, and there you go. That's a great way to be able to do it. So I highly recommend doing that. I like I really like getting to work with my guys, Chuck and Bill. Really good analysis. <laughs> Believe me, plenty of energy themselves when it comes to this season, especially, and just getting to call some good basketball. Like, it's tough to watch. Imagine being the ones calling some of these teams over, over these last few years. Credit to everybody who, is, who has had to do that. Ted's and Berwin, and Ted's on the score. Uh, good, good evening, rather. There are uh, two things that I really, really appreciate with this Bulls team. Uh, number one, I really appreciate the fact uh, that we have a point guard, Lonzo Ball, who's able to push the tempo up the way that he's able to push the tempo. I'm not sure how many more points per game we're scoring this year than last year. Uh, but it's something that I was looking forward to beginning beginning of the year. Um, us scoring more and, um, you know, DeMar and Zach Levine being able to score at an, at an elite level. Number two, lastly, I really, really appreciate I'm, – I'm a huge Zach Levine fan. When the whole city, all radio stations were trade Zach, what can we get for Zach? I'm looking at it like this dude is, is moving in a direction of being a real – a star. Uh, and with that being said, I appreciate – DeMar DeRozan performing at an elite level um, offensively and being an example to Zach Levine on how to score by slowing down and making better decisions. So I appreciate that Zach is able to learn from this professional, and those are the two things I appreciate most. All right, and I appreciate you calling, Ted. And I think that, by the way, uh, an odd note, and there's a ton of context around this as to why this is, the Bulls right now, 110.6 in terms of uh, their offensive rating, so points per 100 possessions. Last year, 111.8. So the offense technically has been worse, but there's a lot of factors for that, and you know, especially the the rules change. I think has absolutely mattered. Although Levine and DeRozan are a couple of the few guys that are high usage dudes that are actually having their free throw rate go up, and that's one thing that's really encouraging about the Bulls this season as to why you could maybe point to what they're doing being sustainable and also just how bad their half-court issues have been offensively, that they are currently number three in the league in free throw rate. And they still have had some of the issues that they've had offensively. They're starting to come out of them a little bit in terms of ninth and effective field goal percentage. They're not turning the ball over very much. And actually that turnover thing is something that I want to hit on when we come back of just, I didn't really get to, to I didn't really finish my point completely on a how the, the like symbiotic nature of the Bulls offense and defense. And really every team is that way, but especially for them in terms of how they're most effective offensively. I'll get to that and take more of your calls at 312-644-6767. Read your texts as well. Just more Bulls talk, how the Bulls are able to be effective when they've had some offensive issues, and we'll start to look towards 
maybe a little bit of the future of what this team can be like the rest of the regular season. And dare I say, a little bit of a playoff profile. We'll do some of that before we get out of here at 9 o'clock on The Score. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pretty comfortable. Well, there, you know, pretty much since I've got here, uh, my job is not really hard when you have guys like, you know, Damar and Zach and Boots out there, you know, with you. And um, I think everybody, like I said, it's, it's a new team, like you said. Um, we're still trying to figure out, you know, how to win games, and we're winning games. So that's what we just got to keep doing, figuring out ways to win and playing good. You've had uh, some difficult seasons with teams you've been with up until this point. What has this season thus far meant to you with the success that you've had so far? I mean, I'm just happy where I'm at. Um, I think I'm a turn as a player over the years, and I'm doing what I can, you know, to help the Chicago Bulls and win. Welcome back to The Score. I'm Rick Camp here with you until 9 o'clock. Adam Sudzinski on the other side of the glass. We're talking about, of course, Studs' favorite team in town, the Chicago Bulls right now. I mean, maybe maybe It's you're closer fa- than it reasonably should be, honestly. Yeah, at least at the moment. Because Absolutely. The Bears aren't great. Had a great conversation with Anthony Heron earlier that you should uh, go back and listen to use. Use the old rewind feature on that Odyssey app and uh, listen to that because it was really good, like really, really good in-depth stuff from uh, Ant talking about the Bears this week, the rest of the season, and moving forward. A lot of good stuff there. But we're talking about the Bulls right now at 312-644-6767. What's got you excited about watching this team right now? And also, do you have any concerns as they relate to your expectations? Because 
and all the interactions I have, either hosting Bulls post game when I do, I'll be on post uh, tomorrow night for the game in Portland. That should be a really winnable game for the Bulls, especially consider there is a lot going on in Portland. On the court, off the court, kind of a mess out there. So this one should be ripe for the Bulls to pick and be able to get another win on this trip. Uh, they are 6-4 and four in this long stretch right now of playoff teams, and I'm counting the Warriors in that because they were in the play-in last year, and there's, they've been playing as the best team in basketball this year. So that 13-game stretch, they're 6-4 and four so far, and that's fantastic. Like, perfectly honest, going into that stretch, I was thinking if they're like 6-7, and 5-8, and eight, you'd probably be pretty happy with that. Ending, like ending it at or above 500, cool. But the fact that they have already guaranteed the better end of that and they've got three more chances to have it this stretch be above 500, it's pretty awesome. It's more than I expected for this team. Now, I mentioned before the break, the and you know, I work, I can tell I work with Bernstein enough where now I'm like, you know what? I can throw these words out there that I know. I learned about symbiosis from uh, from the Magic School Bus. I can pull that out here when I'm talking about the Bulls. I'm trying to remember what what it was. I think they went through like a few different like animals that have symbiotic relationships on Magic School Bus. I forget about it. I forget. It. Apparently, there are new episodes of that too. By the way, or there either are or there are going to be new Magic School Bus episodes. I've heard about that. Kind of messes with there me. might there might be already out there i saw some of the like people in our relative generation complain i think about miss frizzle i don't think she's as much of a hippie and the new one is what it sounds like okay she's more uh like i don't know what way to describe it like normal i guess okay yeah she's not just like out there (laughs) which was one of the best parts of it right yeah and it's what it's one of those things where it's like man i'm starting to feel older when all, you know, because so much of, of advertisements is just which group they're targeting the nostalgia towards. You know who they're targeting all the nostalgia for? Me. It's all right there. Like, I have uh, I watched the first few episodes of the new Legends of the Hidden Temple. That is on the CW, I believe. Not bad. Like, it's an adult version, so it's a little bit different. And some of the stories they're using... Little more, little more risque than they would have used on the old show, but they fit enough of like the old stuff in there that you really, really appreciate it. I'm guessing you're a little, you're a little too old for the Power Rangers when they were pretty like first getting really big. Oh no, no, like the oh, fir- the first one, like yeah. the first set of Power Rangers. Oh no, huh. that was Wheelhouse. Okay, all right. So I wasn't sure if that was exactly caught you or not, but all right. So anyway, I was, of course. So, but when the, when the new Power Rangers movie came out like four years ago, that was like, I had the exact same thought where it was like, this is targeted for a very specific group of people. Like this and, is, and you yes, are part of yes, said group of people. I am one of those people. And it was like, it was, I loved it. Like I went to the, the I went to see it like opening weekends. Like I was so excited for it. And I walked out of there and I was like, I loved it. Like it's, it, it was not a great movie. It's completely ridiculous, but the Power Rangers were always ridiculous. And it was like a little less, it was like less campy than the Power Rangers had ever been. So it was like, mo, it was like an adult version of Power Rangers. Like this is perfect. Like this is, is exactly for my generation. Is the worst villain ever in any episode of any show when there was 
and this was the first season of the original Power Rangers, the pig that had the two hooved feet that had like a, a Roman helmet on and all it did was eat stuff. Like that, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, it it was it was weird looking, and it was like its big thing was that it would eat stuff, and then I think when it was like battling the Power Rangers, it would like open its mouth and like you'd see like the the sparks of stuff go on, like it's actually hurting the Power Rangers or something. That's I want to awesome. know who had the. That's not a half baked idea. That is a fully baked idea to be like, hey man, it's gonna be like a pig. It's gonna stand like a person. But because it's a pig, it's got hooves. And you know how we know it's ready for battle? It's got one of those Roman helmets on. And then who and then how and then how many people approved that? Because it wasn't only part of the show. They because of course, like they made the action figures off of it too. Because if you haven't watched uh on Netflix, the toys that made us, there's like the all the the blank that made us, there's like the movies that made us, the toys that made us. I watched the the toys that made us on Power Rangers. Pretty interesting to learn like how everything comes about. So if if that's your if that's your type of thing, if you're here for the '90s nostalgia, I highly recommend going through that. And just like the movies that made us is awesome too. I'll have to check that out. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. I'll especially have to do the toys one because I had a lot of Power Rangers, especially like the Zords. I had a bunch of those, like to the point that my parents refused to get me more at one point because I kept wanting like the new version. Yeah. (laughs) I had like three straight generations of them and they finally said, nah, nah, man, you got enough. I was so happy a couple months ago. uh, So my godson is a huge like gamer, very much like his dad. And like to the point where when he was growing up, he would like give me a game and be like, can you just like, he would be like, can you get me through this level? Because his dad is that good where it didn't really matter the game that he was playing. He could do it. And I was like, basically like kid, I don't, I don't know what you expect from me here. I'm, I'm not your dad. So it's been hard for me to find a lot of things to be able to really relate with him on. So when his birthday came up, they did a list on Amazon of toys that he wants. I saw the original Megazord. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, I guess it would have because it's not like I have that. Not like I have money, but like, you know, within reason, it would not have mattered how much that was. I'll be damned if someone else was going to get that for him because I'm like, you know what? This is something I can finally relate to him with because he's not he's not a kid that's really that in in sports or anything like that. So that point, it becomes a rough go for me. So to have that original Megazord to give him. That, that was definitely a thing. That's pretty sweet. 815 Tuxter. Yes, there is a new Legends of the Hidden Temple show. Um, I don't know where it streams, but I know if you still have like cable, if you, I'm sure if you can just like search it or whatever, the episodes are available. Um, yeah, and it's on the CW, I believe. 630 Tuxter. Speaking of 90s nostalgia, the Bulls are good. That's a transition. Thank you. Gets me right back to the Bulls. It really is perfect. So tip of the cap. See, the 630 is right there for me. My home area code. Even though my phone's not 630 because I got it when I was in college in DeKalb. So I'm technically an 815 guy when it comes to my phone. But before the break, like forever ago now, I mentioned how, and that was actually how we got onto all the nostalgia in the first place, how the Bulls' defense is helping the offense. 
the Bulls' offense has been really, really good when they've been able to get out in transition. I mentioned their offensive rating as a whole. Their offensive rating when in transition is the best in the NBA this year. But something that they weren't doing as much early in the season, especially like those four games against the bad teams that they had, or at least three bad teams in Toronto who was playing bad at the time the Bulls played them, was they weren't getting out in transition enough. But the Bulls have played enough teams that have good defensive centers where logically, if you can get down the court before they set up their defense and put the big man by the basket, cool, that's good. Force turnovers, get out in transition. The Bulls have gotten up to 10th in frequency of possessions in transition. That gets up from, I want to say they were about like 17th or 18th early in the season after those first three or four games. So I I think that's something that absolutely matters is that, and the Bulls are not turning the ball over themselves. So in terms of turnover rate, the Bulls are fifth offensively. They do not turn the ball over very much, which is obviously a stark contrast to last year where the Bulls could not wait to turn the ball over. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the ball when it's not in Zach Levine's hands now, it's in DeMar DeRozan's hands. It's in Lonzo Ball's hands. Like that limits so much more of that volatility offensively for the Bulls. And then defensively, they're fourth in turnover rate, which means they fourth force the fourth highest percentage of turnovers in the NBA. So they're not only preserving their own possessions, they're ta- they're being aggressive in taking away the other team's possessions. So that's why even some of the nights where the Bulls aren't shooting as well, they're able to make up for it in terms of volume of shot attempts because they're going to have feels like, and this is purely anecdotal off the top of my head, like four to five extra shots a game over the opponent when they're playing to these numbers. And that's huge when you have, when you are a team that takes as many mid-rangers and doesn't take as many threes as anybody in the NBA, you need other ways to make the math problem work. And that's what the Bulls are doing. Like you look at just everything they're doing and it just makes sense on the whole. And it's a big credit to the front office, to Arturis Karnaschovas, to Mark Eversley, how Billy Donovan is implementing all these players in terms of scheme, but also the rotations. And I think that's something else that absolutely matters. And we should spend a little bit of time on Really, I think it seems like just by looking at the clock and how this is going to work out, like the last hour is probably going to be my uh, not full on Debbie Downer hour, but we're really going to start to, you know, like, okay, if the Bulls are a big boy team, this is how we got to start looking at them. If people are going to say they are this good, that they could get home court in the first round of the playoffs, or they should win a playoff series, then we're going to up the ante a little bit. Here are things they have to improve on. Here are things that could be issues in the playoffs. So we're still in fun mode. We're in nostalgia mode. I see there are some texts about Power Rangers and stuff. We'll get to those when we come back. We'll talk about how Billy Donovan has really helped this team with his rotations. I'm Rick Camp here with you till 9 o'clock on The Score. Joking about earlier, I mean, we were watching Barney when this came out, man. We were watching Power Rangers. We had nothing to do with this. Yeah, we've been doing some nostalgia here in the second hour on the score. I'm Rick Camp. I'm here with you until 9 o'clock. If there's two things that I know 
It's the NBA and 90s nostalgia. Why? Because there's plenty of things that I have, like, no idea about. So I'll admit this. When I was talking with studs during the break, Adam Studzinski on the other side of the glass, and it's like some of these things that I'm learning about that I just said, like, what is this command thing? Like, this is where I totally sound like an old man. This, like, these, like, bot commands that I, that apparently everybody knows that I was like, I, I don't know what this is because I'm like 36 going on 66 Wait, bot commands. The thing we were talking about. In oh, the break. Nightbot. Okay. Yeah. That thing. No idea. Yeah, there it is. I was looking for, I was looking for the mention on Twitter and I'm like, dude, honestly, no idea. Not a clue. How old does that make me? Very. Should that be surprising to people? Not particularly. I'm a man. I'm a, a very simple man of, you know, very, very few, uh, few needs and few interests. Pretty much give me food, give me basketball, give me a couch. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much good. Content. Yeah, I'm very content. So uh, before the break, mentioned, actually, there's some things on the text line, 312-644-6767, I want to get to in terms of 90s nostalgia before we get back to NBA and the Bulls and some nerd stuff about how they've been playing. Uh, four six five four six nine texter excuse me and mind you i don't remember some of this it says the power rangers sucked whoa fox fox took animaniacs at 4 30 i assume it took that off at 4 30 for that trash trying to get high and watch a, a cheap spectrum voltron love child absolutely sucked so not in the wheelhouse is what this guy's saying not in the wheelhouse however I'm with him on anime on the at least the insinuation of Animaniacs is fire. Yeah, Animaniacs is awesome. And apparently they brought that back too. Did they? Man. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. I uh Yeah, it, Power Rangers is not for anyone that was able to like critically think or want to critically yeah, think. Yeah, or want to likely. critically think. Like it's they they actually did have some I was I recently went down a YouTube wormhole of Power Rangers videos. And they actually did have some storylines that were like kind of deep and dark. Like when Kimberly dumped Tommy through like a Dear John letter. <laughs> oh, I totally yeah, forgot. I about totally that. forgot about that too. And I was like, I probably didn't comprehend that when I was ten years old. I was like, oh man, she totally just like ripped this guy's heart out. A uh, uh, Green Ranger Tommy or White Ranger Tommy? White Ranger Tommy. Oh no, Green Ranger's better. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but this was at the point when he was the White Ranger. Oh, okay. No, no. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying. Oh, the, sorry, oh that was yeah. more of just a which do you, which do you prefer? Oh, Green Ranger. Okay. And it had the weird like knife flute. Yeah, <laughs> the thing. dragon. The yeah, dragon which made no thing. damn sense. No, none of it made sense at all. No, it. it but it hey. was a dagger that's also a flute that summons a dragon from the sea. Yeah, then, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and the thing, because the thing is, if it's going to be a good dagger, that thing can't be hollow. But to no. be a flute, it's got to be hollow. There has to be an opening at some point. So I don't know what we're doing here. Shockingly, might be thinking too much into it. Now we're back to that critical thinking part that yeah, you exactly, mentioned before. Exactly. You have to turn off your brain a little bit. I'm really good at that. I've proven that many times on and off the air. So to get back to the Bulls, uh. I mentioned how much transition has mattered to them and how important, like how good they are when they get out in transition and that they're finally getting up to like top 10 in terms of how often 
they're in transition, when they're the most effective team in transition offensively. The other thing they've been able to do, which is impressive, because a lot of teams, when you look at who are the teams that get in transition the most, well, they're also giving up the most transition opportunities. The Bulls get in transition the 10th most of any team in the NBA, and they are the best team in transition offensively. Defensively, they are allowing the third fewest amount of transition opportunities. This is all per clean the glass. That is astounding. And it, it really is a credit to, as much as anything, the effort that the Bulls are putting forth. And I'll get to in the next hour about, you know, how those kind of things may even up when you get to like the playoff situation. And we talk about really stepping up where the Bulls are right now. But being able to get in transition that much while not letting the opponent do the same is huge because the Bulls' half-court defense has been pretty good. And just on the whole, like transition offense, infinitely more effective for basically every team than your half-court offense. So as a reference point, the team that the Bulls, that are the best team in transition, their rating in transition is 133.3. So if they had a game where they had 100 transition possessions, they average 133 points in that game. The number one team in terms of half-court offense, as I scroll for it now, and of course it's uh, escaping me at the moment, is the Brooklyn Nets 101.2. That's how different transition versus half court is like, I understand a lot of people have because of how the rules have worked and and pace has gone up that people think there's no defense in the NBA. There's defense in the NBA. It's just that teams are trying to get in transition and run so they don't have to deal with that defense quite as much. It's a big difference. And the bulls have been a team that has benefited from that. And one thing I mentioned last segment too, in terms of how important the turnovers and being able to be efficient when they get those transition opportunities is they take the most long twos in the league. So like this is a pet peeve of mine of people miss either misunderstanding what, you know, the numbers mean and analytics mean and just glorifying the mid range game that that is the be all end all. Now is the mid range game important? Absolutely. Especially when you get to the playoffs, That's something that works well for the Bulls is that they're used to operating in the mid-range. However, there's a healthy balance you can find, and the Bulls aren't exactly doing that at this point in terms of trying to maximize what their offense can be. They take the most shots in the mid-range, and they're only 22nd in terms of how well they shoot on those shots. But the Bulls take now the second least amount of threes. They've, They've graduated from the least amount of threes in the league to the second least amount of threes, they are fourth best in terms of field goal percentage on the threes. Now, there's probably some noise. Once again, 14-game sample. And also, they're probably only taking some of the more optimized opportunities when you're taking that few amount of those shots. But it's something to keep in mind with this team. They shoot a lot of mid-rangers, and they haven't been shooting that well on them. You could say, okay, well, maybe if that... That gets a little closer to the mean. They get closer to average. That's going to help the offense. Or maybe you try and work 
work a little harder to get that better shot, get another, get a couple more threes. I'm not saying they have to be Jim Boylan era where it's just all threes and at the rim because any offense that tries to do that without context of the players on the team is, is just dumb. And the bulls proved that in the Boylan era, but just a little bit more like when they were in this Lakers game shooting really well, when you have those good shooting games from three, it makes such a difference. But with the way they're playing right now, they're able to survive because they force turnovers and they they lead the, they beat the other team in terms of shot attempts. So even though they might not be as efficient, they're getting more of those shot attempts to make up for that efficiency difference. I think that's something that's a really important point for how the Bulls are playing right now. It may be a little nuanced. And I understand that I may be getting a little too in the weeds for, for some people on this stuff. But if you really want to learn about it, like these are some things you can pay attention to as the season progresses. Because the Bulls are going to go through, they're going to have their down spots, and that's okay. They're going to have their spots where they're playing really, really well, too. Like I don't expect them to keep up having the fourth best net rating and being necessarily being top 10 in both offense and defense. I do think the defense is probably going to regress a little bit. And that, once again, that's okay. When we consider what the expectations were coming into the year and what they're doing right now, you take it and you appreciate what the bulls are doing. 312-644-6767 is the number to call and the number to text. Just what are you appreciating? What do you enjoy most about watching the bulls at this moment? Also, if you have any concerns about them with relative to what your expectations are, like what do you expect from this team and what do you need to see for them to hit those expectations? I'd love to know that it's you, me and studs until nine. So we're rolling with it right here all the way through. I've got plenty more stuff to get to eight, four, seven texture. So the way the bulls are going right now reminds me of the Cubs. New leadership can win titles. I don't think it's necessarily like I will never take credit away from the players on the court, the field, whatever the diamond, the players make it happen. However, the organizational structure can absolutely help. Uh, a guy that I who I really enjoy his content writes for the Athletic, Danny Larue. He always talks about he has the phrase basically whenever ownerships do dumb things, the greatest competitive advantage in basketball is good ownership. That could be in terms of decision making. That could be in terms of like letting just letting the people do their thing. Let your people. Do what they want to do in terms of how they want to build a roster, time frame, all that kind of stuff. It can also be willingness to spend money because there are some instances, like if you look at the James Harden Rockets, those teams could have been better, but Tillman Fertitta never, ever, 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 ever wanted to pay the luxury tax, and he would lose depth on that team and actively make the team worse, at least around the edges, just to save money. Like, how many times did he pay the Bulls to, you know, take someone off their hands and then the Bulls would just wave the guy and get a few bucks out of it? That happened quite a bit. All right, we got one more hour to go. Going to get into, you know, some more stuff here surrounding the Bulls. Watch your thoughts as well. Maybe some some Bears thoughts as well if, you know, there's a little bit of time. And I do have a food question. Of course I was going to have a food question. In the last segment of the show, we're talking condiments. 
condiments in the 840 segment, bulls and where they are and what the future means before that. I mean, I equate those to basically the same type of thing. I'm, I'm equally excited for condiments as well as bulls. But that's, you know, that's kind of what we get here. Whenever I get the chance to be behind the mic is you're going to get a balance, sports and food. That's what we're here for. I'm Rick Camp. I'm here with you until 9 o'clock on The Score. That's a tease for all you listeners out there. Stay tuned. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.